School is back in session now for many students. And with it often comes a mixed bag of feelings, including nervousness and excitement. You might remember asking yourself in the same way youth may ask themselves today, whether you belonged in third grade, middle school, or even on a college campus. On today's show, we make a major shift from speaking to scholars across the country to speaking to young leaders and explore the idea there's room for you, you belong, and there's room for all of us. Thanks for listening. I'm Joe Bishop. This is Our Children Can't Wait, a podcast about the systems and structures that keep our kids from flourishing. Our Children Can't Wait is also a book from Teachers College Press, available for purchase from Amazon. And if you're new to the Our Children Can't Wait podcast, please follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Welcome back. Wow. Where did summer go? I had several great trips this summer with family, including one to Queen's University in Northern Ireland to attend a conference on how kids across the globe are getting excluded or suspended from school and what we can do about it. Today's episode topic is actually about the opposite of exclusion. It's about inclusion. How can we create space and opportunities for young leaders like today's guest, Annie Wu Henry, to take the reins on political movements? It all ties back to where we started in episode one. We're all policymakers. We're all advocates who can change the world. Social media strategist and organizer Annie Wu Henry, who's featured in the New York Times for her work on John Fetterman's Senate campaign, gets us started. Hi, I'm Annie Wu Henry. She, her pronouns, calling in from the beautiful Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. <laughs> I am a digital communications and social media strategist expert. Mm-hmm. So I, I do, you know, work in the political and kind of movement spaces, whether it's organizational campaign, creator space as well. I know we all have to like kind of pick and choose like what our titles are, right. but I do a lot of things. For example, I did a lot of work on TikTok, but I do work that's not on TikTok as well. It all kind of plays together. And so it's been really fun to not necessarily have to stick to one thing, but it's all, you know, in the comms, digital, internet, storytelling spaces. Annie, for the book, Our Children Can't Wait, in this podcast, we talk about a big vision for what our country could be in terms of justice. Yeah. Connecting housing, transportation, the environment, environmental justice issues, segregation. I mean, we, we talk about how policy is kind of the vehicle in which things take shape. But what I'm excited to talk to you about is Like, how do we change the landscape fundamentally? We know in the past few decades, really, even last few years, five years, there's been a major shift in how we communicate with one another. What's the biggest difference or what difference do you feel growing up and even professionally in this space now? I mean, I think while so many of these spaces are evolving and changing and growing, a lot of the core tenets of like, how people operate are the same as we have, even from an organizing perspective. You know, it's in a different area. It's in the digital space, for example. But a lot of 
how that works, like the same principles are from how organizing on the ground can right. work and tapping into people sharing their stories, growing community, et cetera. I always say like the digital community and these digital platforms, like they're communities from the language in which people use and kind of like mm-hmm. the jokes and the culture, like there's, there's cultures with it and subcultures. Mm-hmm. While it's online, it is a lot of what we have in real life. And I think it gives more opportunities for people to build community and identities or different shared commonalities that they maybe couldn't or it would have been more difficult before. Um, For example, I growing up was in a really small conservative area of Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And if I was looking to connect with like-minded people or maybe people who have shared similar experiences, especially as a young person who maybe couldn't have gotten in a car yet to go somewhere or whatever it might be it was it was hard whereas now there are these other ways whether that's you know finding like-minded creators or like-minded again like spaces on the internet of people that you can have community with and even though it's in these digital realms it's a lot of what people at their core like still want like everyone wants to feel accepted Mm. and they they want belonging and they want community and they want to feel seen and heard and all of these things so these digital spaces and as they continue to expand are providing spaces that people can do that right and ways in which people can do that in in easier methods and again for, for better or worse i give that caveat Authenticity and being yourself goes a long way, especially if you're trying to bring more people to the table and feel like they have a voice in our democracy. More on that, along with Annie Wu Henry's own brand of optimism, coming up after the break. Stick around. Our Children Can't Wait is the book I wrote. I made this podcast to further the conversation with you. Maybe you're an administrator, a parent, maybe you make policy at the state level, or maybe you just want to learn more about this topic. So we can keep the conversation going, please email me at joe at ourchildrencantwait.com. I'd love to hear from you. Our Children Can't Wait, the podcast is a production sponsored by the Center for the Transformation of Schools at UCLA, and the book is published by Teachers College Press. Funding for today's show comes from the Stewart Foundation and the National Education Association. And if you haven't clicked follow on the podcast, please do that now. Rate and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. The idea of getting involved in any social cause can be daunting. But as Annie describes, We have to figure out how to get others to care and make things personal. Even more importantly, we have to find a way for everyone to get involved in a way that suits them. As she explains, there's plenty of different ways young people in particular can get involved if they're given the space to explore their role. In your mind, when you're advising organizations, candidates, people, organizers, how are you thinking about different audiences and these kind of core tenets of of communication. Authenticity is a word that I feel like is really overused recently, but I think it's so true. People want real, true. Hmm. And I think like 
however you're communicating, it has to feel and come from a place of authenticity. Mm -hmm. And if we're just giving talking points or if you're just saying what you think people want to hear, like, I think there's a limit at which that can be effective. Mm. You have to go a little bit deeper. So much of it comes down to like being personal about like why you care about these issues or why these things are Mm. important. People want to feel connected to something and you have to give them that and give them ways to then like take action and, and how you can be involved. It's not a copy and paste formula, but the principles can be utilized in an overarching way. So Annie, I hear you saying authenticity can cut across generational, racial, economic, political lines, maybe in pretty profound ways. Yeah. And I think like also so many people, unfortunately, don't care or try to understand issues unless they feel personally impacted. Mm. And there are certain issues or perspectives or experiences that some people simply like won't have to experience or like won't see the perspective of. But I think you have to do it in a way that's that's personal that makes them understand why. For example, I think when we talk about housing, mm-hmm. one of the recent things that happened in Pennsylvania was in the previous budget, they had a really large chunk of the budget that is now going towards helping to repair people's homes. Mm. And I think the way in which that got passed in a more conservative legislature is that like they went around even in rural parts of Pennsylvania and they had community members and they had people being impacted. Just get up and talk about like why this mattered to Mm. them. This is something that's impacting our community. And if we invest in it, it will help us. And in ways that people could empathize with, could understand why it's important. And like, I think that's again, how we, how we move the needle. And I think, also, going back to your previous question of like how how do we convey, I think people are really tired of the political speak. Like everything's political, but I think how political it is has been so in front of our faces. Mm. And that's from the amount of media and information that we intake now just from you know, again, like having screens in our hands and right. the amount of which everything comes at us that wasn't a thing in the past to the pandemic years of being in like quarantine specifically too. like everything was right in front of our faces and everything was so amplified and the stakes at which, you know, things felt dire in like 2020 and the amount of events <laughs> happening in like the 2016 to 2020 era and, and all of that that's been going on for the past now almost what is it like Mm -hmm, eight years mm -hmm. or so like going on eight years like it just feels it's a lot and I think people are so tired and like at the beginning of COVID I remember the storyline of COVID getting integrated into like some TV shows and a lot of people were making the commentary of like I go to TV to escape Mm. like I don't want to be like feel it and I think like everyone's really tired of feeling like everything is a campaign slogan or a political talking point or an agenda. Right. Even though everything is political, we need to get back to like the humanity and the people side mm. of all of it and why these things matter and why we need to care about them mm-hmm. in ways that feel real. It's more than agency, but when we think about your life and your career, when did somebody give you power, Annie? They didn't know they were giving it to you, but it was... It was incredibly meaningful in terms of your trajectory. This last year has been like an 
very, it's been a lot mm-hmm. and I'm very grateful and never want it to come off that I am not for, for all of the different opportunities and experiences and things that have happened, but it's been a lot. And like, I check in with myself mm. even Today, I was, like, deciding on something and, like, if I was going to, like, say yes to an opportunity. And I was just like, last year, Annie, if you would have told her, <laughs> she would be like, how how did that happen? Yeah. The big moments matter and I think the small moments matter. Mm-hmm. And, like, when I look at my career where I've been throughout the past year but the past several years, mm-hmm. it's really easy for me to look at the past year and say, like, this led to this led to this. But it's not. Like, it was all these little decisions and things that maybe didn't feel super important at the time or they were just, like, something to fill my time or something that I was, like, kind of interested in that I said yes to or that I did and, like, ended up impacting my perspective or having a relationship with someone mm-hmm. that then came back around in this right. really full circle way. My path has not been linear. And I think me personally, like I'm so much better for it. Mm. I'm at a place in my career and as, as a person and all of these things where like I'm where I feel more authentic yep. and where I feel like I'm in the work that I care about as well as like doing it in a way that feels true to me and not just trying to like fit myself into like, the box I think I should be in. But that's sometimes hard to not take the like, oh, this is like what everyone says to do and trying to like make sure you're balancing when you can because like take care of the things you have to do. And I understand like choice is a privilege, but being able to like balance what does my heart want? What does my head want? Yeah. What feels right for like me personally? It sounds like just you being you I mean, we've never met in person, has led to unexpected great opportunities. That authentic, non-transactional way of thinking about the world has has been great. Although I'm sure you could share that all oh, this is not the purpose of the podcast. There's many ups and yeah. downs that go with that. Yeah. It's easy to look back and mm-hmm. be like, oh, but like there were times when I like, I really either like put myself out there or I was really earnest. Because, like, I really just wanted to be involved. And I was like, I'll do this for free. You know, because I just, like, wanted to be helpful or I wanted to be involved. I got someone reaching out about a job a few months ago that was, like, a way higher up position at a place that I had applied to, like, years back. Mm. And they, like, ended up freezing hiring during the pandemic. So it just never panned out. Mm. But, like, I remember that. I like poured my heart and soul into that application and like my resume mm. and I did all all of these different things that it was just like, just like give me a chance. <laughs> I'm not embarrassed that I was earnest or I'm not embarrassed that I did things that like feel like a little cringy now. <laughs> I like built some character. Yep. I don't think if I wouldn't have like done those cold reaching out DMs to people of like, hey, do you need help with this? Or like, hey, like I have this friend that like I'm happy to connect you. Like I think we could do something here. Mm those small things are part of the whole story. Mm-hmm. And if I only measured the things that sound really like perfect and everything went well right. and whatever, like that's just not reality, you know? Right. It's hard to believe that positions you were dying for years ago are now there. Yeah. But now now you have choices that you probably didn't expect. So here's my question. On the topic of choice and authenticity and opportunity, how do we bring more people to the table so they feel like they have a say and a voice in their future? Especially, I'm not going to say young people, say younger people, younger voters. 
as someone who like grew up in a small conservative area, I started out as a government major in college Mm -hmm. and like changed my major after my first year Mm -hmm. because I was like, I don't see myself going to DC. Mm -hmm. I don't think that is what is going to fulfill me. I don't think that makes sense. I don't think that's like what I want on a long term. And also like the jobs I have right now, like didn't exist then. Like social Mm -hmm. media was different, like all these things. But the only thing I knew about politics and working in government and all of these things, I knew I was interested in it, but was as silly as it sounds, what I knew from TV and mm. movies and like what I saw on C-SPAN. You were watching C-SPAN, Annie? <laughs> I knew of C-SPAN. <laughs> I, didn't, I wasn't like tuning in. But I think like I just saw this one, This if I want to do this, this is what I have to do. Yeah. And that's like simply not true. And even now, I think like young people could say like, oh, like all of these young people are on TikTok and they're all like <laughs> making their voices heard and like making videos and like there's young people that are definitely probably not comfortable with that. That's not their skill set. And I think it's understanding that like there's so much work that we have to do in so many different areas that Mm. there's room for all of us. Mm. There's space from issue area to like how you want to do things or where your skill set lies and where you're passionate. There's room for you. Mm. We in the space need to make sure that people, we make space for them and that we're reaching out to people that maybe don't know how to get there. Um, But also that people understand, like, it doesn't have to be hard. There's imposter syndrome, I think, especially for young people. Like, we look at politicians, we look at DC, we look at all these things. And we say, like, well, how do I even start? How do I even get that? Like, there's no way I can be whatever. Hmm. And like, that's really not true. And it's not as intimidating. And the amount of like, 20-somethings that are on the hill in D.C. that are doing such important stuff. Like, it's not that hard. And I think especially people who don't maybe come Mm. from certain backgrounds Mm -hmm. of, like, from the Beltway or from families that have people that have, you know, certain jobs, like lawyers or work in politics, like, whatever it might be. Mm. Like, it feels really intimidating. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to do a better job of showing, and I think we're doing a better job of showing, like, it's not that intimidating. Come authentic, being passionate, being honest, Mm. not doing things in transactional ways, but because you care. And I think, like, the right people will see that, will hopefully give opportunities, and that's how we can grow people in this space. Because, again, like, so many of these people, whether it's in organizing work or, like, activism or in organizational work or politics or whatever it might be, someone somewhere just like gave them a shot. And some people I think like feel more like I deserve the shot. And Mm. I think young people specifically and specifically people who don't always have all of the opportunities handed to them or feel like all the opportunities were made for them need to know that like, you also have to go out and try to reach for it. And maybe it's being really earnest and like someone somewhere like seeing that and being like, okay, they care. But There's room. Like, that's what I would tell young people. Hmm. Whether you're in a rural area or a city or whether you're involved in an issue advocacy area or a geographic, like, political area or whatever it might be. Like, there is so much room because there's so much work. And we need good people and we need people who care. And there's so many reasons why we should all care about all of these things. So I'm hearing you say, Annie, there's room for you. And there's many places where your voices can be heard. It may be behind the scenes, 
and some folks may be way more comfortable in that space. Yeah. I worked at an organization in Pennsylvania, PA Stands Up, who mm-hmm. a lot of their organizers helped with the home repair part of the whole home repairs that passed in the Pennsylvania budget and worked with local electeds. And I worked there for a, a fairly short amount of time. And it was it's still to this day, like one of the most impactful experiences because the people I worked with there were all in their communities. Nobody knows what their names are for the most part. They don't mm. have a million followers. They don't have people paying them big bucks. They aren't getting the most glamorous opportunities or all right. these things. And they're doing a lot of like really hard work in their communities. And mm. that is so important from that to the people that are in the news all the time or the people that you see like talking at all of these big events or whatever. Like we need both of those areas. Yep. And like, there's room for all of it and however people feel comfortable getting involved at whatever level feels it makes most sense for them. Hopefully, cause like we should, again, we need it. Hopefully people to like welcome them in and say like, we're happy you're here type of type of situation. It sounds like there's some advice there to make folks feel like their contributions are meaningful or that people are watching. Maybe that doesn't happen. Is that kind of what, what I hear you saying? I think it's just like in this work, it's really hard. And so people's work, I think we need to make sure we're appreciative of all of it. Also, like not everyone comes in with the same experiences or the same resources or Mm -hmm. skills. And that's okay. I would rather have someone who's really, I care about this. I'm happy to learn. I'm Mm -hmm. happy to like, do whatever it is because whatever we're pushing for is important to me. Mm. Then someone who comes in and has, I'm going to use some stereotypical stuff, but like this is not always the case. There are wonderful people who go to like an Ivy League school or whatever it might be. (laughs) But someone who comes in and says like, I've done all of these things on like my resume and I've worked with all of these big names, all these people. Totally. I deserve, and like we'll take both of you, but we shouldn't (laughs) discount people because everyone has different, areas at which they start. And if we don't give people a chance to learn and to grow and to get experience, how do we expect them to to be in this space and feel accepted and included and like want to stay there? We, especially as young people and as a fairly young person in the space, being given respect Mm -hmm. while also myself acknowledging like I don't know everything I don't have all of the experience in the world I am really appreciative of all of the wonderful people I've gotten to like work with and learn from who are like fantastic to learn because they've just been in it but also people not saying to young like oh you don't know this yet and kind of belittling it or not giving the authority or not giving whatever is I think there's the balance right yeah no absolutely What's stopping you in your tracks? What's blowing your mind in terms of in the activism space on on either political side? So I'll give two things. One, I think that on kind of the other side of politics and culture, Mm -hmm. a lot of their talking points, a lot of their things that they rally behind are a lot easier than our different nuances and our different (laughs) kind of takes. And 
also just like, again, the, the tenets of different things is, is maybe easier on a messaging and coalition standpoint. But I think they, on the more right, do mm-hmm. a really good job at having an ecosystem that really feeds itself and really like mm-hmm. understands the long-term goals. And they're really good at playing the long game. And we see that with things like Supreme Court right. or different, you know, areas and policy areas in which like it's been no matter where you're at, like what coalitions you're with or like where you fall, like they all are feeding towards like these similar things. Mm. Again, I'm not saying this is our fault because we have a lot of I feel like a lot more things we're fighting that mm. are like a lot more entangled and difficult to get out of because of systemic and structural issues. But I think like from a messaging standpoint with young people, people in general need to like really get out of our activism and political bubbles Mm. in an extent. And like most people, do they even know what C-SPAN is? (laughs) No, genuinely, like they aren't seeing the same and like understanding what's happening in these same granular levels, which like the granular is really important. Don't get me wrong. But like when you're pulling people in, people want to be spoken to as like people. And again, the like, why do I care? If we start giving them like crafted Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. political talking points and like all of the nuance and all of these things, which again are important to have at some point and have people understand, like that's not how you like grab someone's attention is like, I'm going to tell you the nuance. Um, It's like, why do you care? Why does this matter to you as like a normal human being that hopefully Mm -hmm. like cares about other normal human beings and basic issues. And I think that like the right does a really good job. And again, their issues are different. And so it's not just like a perfect thing, but they do a really good job of saying like this. Yeah. And like really hammering it in and they all get behind it and they like, it gets to it. And then like by the time people are in and they like care, like understand why this is important to them for whatever reason, it's much easier for them to like then start to attack all this other stuff. Whereas we like need to get people just like in the funnel Mm. and we have more people, we have better people. We have, we have the better ideas and the like more important ideas for like people and humanity. But I think sometimes from messaging, we need to like, remember that not everyone is on political Twitter, which is great. Um, Like not everyone is reading all of the same thing, all of the, all of the headlines or all of the detailed whatever and Politico playbook. People don't know those things. And so we can't start there. We need to get like their entry level Mm -hmm. and bring them up so they care about the other stuff. So that's something that I've really realized, especially in like the digital and media landscape of how we kind of target issues or current events or things that are happening and how we talk about them. That I think like we're not bad at it, but I do think, like, there's always room for improvement. Absolutely. Sometimes we, we twist up our uh, legs, our limbs, and yeah, need to oversimplify but acknowledge the nuances is, is what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, I think it's just, like, how do you get people in at the beginning and then continue to teach them, I think, are two different ways in which we need to message, again, to, like, the everyday person.
Annie Wu Henry made it crystal clear that there's room for everyone. As you'll hear from future guests, young organizers of all ages and walks of life are not only demanding that their voices be heard on issues like the Supreme Court's decision on affirmative action, they're also creating space for others to have a voice on issues like climate justice or school safety, pushing adults to prevent conflict and end discrimination by focusing on restorative approaches. Over the next few episodes, you'll be inspired by youth who aren't waiting for things to get better on their own. They're putting the ideas of our children can't wait into action. Annie Wu Henry, what's the one thing you want folks to take away from this conversation we've had today? There's so much happening. There's so many reasons I always say to be like very validly to be tired, to feel disheartened. It is so valid. But at the same time, like there's so many reasons on the opposite end to like care. There's so much work to do and we need people to care and we need good people to not just care, but to be taking action or to be figuring out how they can get involved in a way that's meaningful and suits them. And there's no limit to what that is. Mm. There's space, there's room, there's opportunity for all of it. If you don't have a million dollars to donate, most of us don't, that's okay. If you have a full-time job and you're very busy, there's ways to do little things that make a difference, even if it's just talking to people you care about or sharing your perspectives or your experiences with different issue areas. Because I think the political, all of it's personal and as much as all of the big names talking on TV or at events or like as that much as that's important, our everyday actions and how we're engaging with other people, how we're making an impact with the other people in their lives. Like I always find it funny when people call me like an influencer. Cause like, I mean, there's different connotations, but like everyone has the ability to influence other people Mm. again in a way that's real and genuine Everyone can impact the the people around them and talk to the people that they care about, about the things that they care about. Or if they already care about those things, maybe it's trying to get them to take a step further. It's doing something together or whatever it is, because it's going to take people and that's going to take power and that's going to take community. Mm. It just all comes down to, to all of us. Mm. And so there's so much room. There's so much time. There's so many things. I hope people feel like, they can be in this space and however that is for them right now might be different in a year. There's room and we need it. There's room for you. There's room for us. And every action matters is, is what I'm hearing you say, Annie. Uh, Annie, yeah. thank you so, so much for your time and uh, for your optimism and hope. Let's keep talking. And I hope for, for listeners, you've taken something away from this. Thank you so much. This is Our Children Can't Wait. Thanks for listening. I'm Joe Bishop. Our Children Can't Wait is a podcast by the Center for the Transformation of Schools and the School of Education and Information Studies at UCLA. Support is provided by the Stewart Foundation and the National Education Association. Elizabeth Windham is the producer. Julia Windham is the associate producer. Geneva Sum is the creative director and senior producer is Jay Woodward. Our Children Can't Wait is the companion to the book, 
of the same name, Our Children Can't Wait, available now on Teachers College Press and Amazon. Our Children Can't Wait is produced by Windhaven Productions and Blue Jay Atlantic. <laughs>